Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. This is an up-close look at the students, faculty, and administrators who make your college unique. This weekly show shines a spotlight on the programs and people here at YCP. This week's host is Jeffrey Schiffman. Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. And today we are going to talk with the York College Title IX office head. Her name is Holly Mareels. Holly, uh, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate the fact that uh, you're going to take time out of uh, your busy day to spend some time and talk about uh, Title IX because there have been some changes, right? That's right. That's right. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. So, um, you know, one, I, I, I guess maybe we should preface this whole thing is we're doing a lot of this stuff in uh, an environment that is completely different than what we've expected over the life. You know, if you go back a year from now and we had this conversation and I would tell you we're, you know, in two different rooms, uh, you know, yeah. we're trying to stay socially distanced, all right. that sort of stuff, wearing masks for everything. Yeah. And you would have looked at me and went, what are you talking about? Right. Well, COVID has had an impact. How has it had an impact on um, uh, the, the York College Title IX uh, mm-hmm. program? Yeah, um, it, it, that's a great question. Uh, as with anything, it, the pandemic has certainly uh, influenced how we do what we do. Um, the core work of the Title IX office hasn't changed dramatically. It's really just kind of the format in which we do it that's changed, meaning, um, you know, I have many more uh, conversations and meetings over Zoom nowadays. Um, also, we had a few, we held a few conduct hearings here on campus Um over the summer, but they were done virtually. So everyone was in their own home or their own office and we could all see each other and everything. Um, so we're, you know, I'm very grateful that we live in a time that we have that technological capability to do that. Um, so typically in the past, when I would reach out to a student to talk to them about an issue, um, I'd invite them to come to my office. Nowadays, I, you know, let them know that we'll be meeting over Zoom um, and, no one is really balked at that. People, I think, are just kind of in that mode now. So it, it, I think people are fairly comfortable with that. So it hasn't really impeded anything that, that I need to do, thankfully. Um, and, you know, we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, it's, it seems as though uh, each each week there's something new that comes about. Uh, so uh, certainly. All right. So let let you mentioned that, you know, conduct hearings and that. Mm-hmm. So, so what sort of issues does the Title IX office actually handle? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our office handles issues, and I'm just going to kind of read down this list sure. uh, just so that we have kind of a comprehensive list there. Um, issues related to sexual harassment, uh, rape or sexual assault, or you know, it could be attempted rape or attempted sexual assault, domestic violence, dating violence, um, sex-based stalking. So if someone's being stalked, um, you know, because they've been in a relationship with someone, um, and also we deal with other forms of uh, sex-based or gender-based discrimination. Um, if someone feels that they're being being discriminated on the basis of their sex or their gender or gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, that all falls under the umbrella of Title IX so we can help people with that. And one thing I always say after I kind of give that list is I want to reassure people, if they're ever... Um, dealing with an issue here on campus and they're not sure if it falls under Title IX, they can always just call me or email me and ask. You know, I don't expect that everyone's going to have that that list memorized and there's no need to, certainly. Um, you know, just reach out to me and I can let you know. And if it's something that I can't help with or, or doesn't fall under what we do here in this office, I'm happy to find other resources or other sources of support for that person. 
So what you're saying is that shouldn't stop somebody. If they have a question, right. it shouldn't stop. You know, that I don't remember the list. You know, right. they should still contact you. It's easier. It's better Absolutely. for you to turn turn them to somewhere else, right? Absolutely. I, I'm happy, you know, to answer any questions. Again, people can call me, email me. Um, they can stop by my office as, where, as long as they're wearing a mask. I'm happy to answer questions and get them headed in the right direction if this isn't the right spot for what their needs are. We are talking with Holly Marils. She is the Title IX coordinator at your College of Pennsylvania. Holly, um, how can students report? Uh, you know, you mentioned email uh, or dropping off. But are there other ways that they can report and who can they report to? Sure, sure. Um, probably the best ways for students to report um, is to contact my office. Um, and I'm going to give you some contact information. My phone number is 717-815-1440. Again, that's 815-1440. From uh, phones here on campus, it's just extension 1440. Or they could email me, and that email is titleix at ycp.edu. Again, that's titleix at ycp.edu. Um, also, if they wanted to stop by my office, I'm in Humanities 24. That's on the kind of lower basement level of Humanities, and I'm on the side of the building that faces the creek. Most people kind of can place that in their mind that way. Um, so uh, people can reach out to me directly. They can email me. They can call me and leave a phone message. They can stop by. Um, but also um, campus safety is always available and people can make reports to campus safety. For example, I typically work kind of traditional business hours, Monday through Friday. So, you know, something might happen evenings, weekends, holidays, and maybe I'm not around, maybe I'm not in my office, right? So people can uh, call campus safety at either the emergency number or the regular number and, uh, you know, let them know what's going on. Campus safety can, can intervene, you know, immediately. And if there are any immediate safety concerns, they can help with that. Also, campus safety has an app that you can download on your phone. It's called Live Safe. And people can uh, report crimes or incidents, whether they're Title IX or other types of incidents, uh, through that Live Safe app. Uh, Campus Safety gets that information and then can reach out to them. Um, it also does have an option where people can report incidents anonymously. So it's important that students understand that um, they don't necessarily have to attach their name to a report. They could make a report of something, but still remain anonymous that way if they wanted to. So the, the two best places to report are either to the Title IX office or campus safety. Um, but also, if you're not quite comfortable, if a student isn't quite comfortable doing that, talk to um, a trusted advisor or a trusted professor or your RA or your area coordinator if you're a residential student. Um, there are a lot of people on campus and they can help help get you to the right place and, and make sure that uh, you get whatever resources and support that you need. And a lot of those people that you mentioned outside of campus safety and and, and your office mm -hmm. ha have to have to do training, have to do uh, training. I mean, I, yeah. I'm an advisor and I'm a professor, right. so I have to do training. So we're not mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to um, be able to advise you on that, but I'm going to be able to say, hey, you need to talk to this right. person. You need to talk to that person. So right. I, I think sometimes it's a little difficult for students to report something, especially something that's very sensitive and they're yeah. not sure Absolutely. about it. Yeah. They, it's yeah. a little bit hard, and, but if they're reporting it to someone they trust, and I say, look, you need to talk to, uh, you know, Holly in in the right. Title IX office, that, that I think that that gives them a little bit of reassurance, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. The other thing, too, that I want to um, let students know about is 
I completely understand that sometimes people aren't ready to report something or maybe they choose not to report something. And, you know, that that's fine. You know, these are very individual decisions, but there are also a few people on campus who they could talk to uh, confidentially. Um, any of the YCP clergy members, anyone from YCP health services, um, and also anyone in the YCP uh, counseling department, uh, students can talk to any of those individuals and whatever they tell them would remain confidential. And those individuals can help that person think about the pros and cons of actually making a report to the Title IX office. So it's not like you have to kind of go from zero to 60 and automatically report right away. You know, if someone is a little hesitant or isn't sure if they want to go down that path, they can. there are others on campus that they can talk to in confidence to help them decide that, help them figure out what is the best next step for them. Yeah, I know that can be very difficult with for some students. All right. So yeah. now, now if a student has contacted you, what happens next? Uh, with the Title Nine office? Yeah, great question. Um, so again, I'm just going to kind of walk through the steps here. Um, if they reach out to me, I will, you know, call them back the next business day if they email me or call me or whatever, or they they can just stop by again. Um, but I, I would reach out to them and try to schedule uh, a time to meet with them. These days, we'd likely do that over Zoom if they have the capability to do that, which I believe most students do at this point. Um, also, I would want to ask questions to make sure that they are safe at that time. Um, do they need any medical care? Do they need anything from health services? Do they have any medical or other safety concerns? Um, if they have in, imminent safety concerns, we can certainly um, find the right person in campus safety to talk to. If they're scared for what their well-being kind of in the moment, are there may be other things that we can put in place to help protect them. Um, also, another thing that I spend a lot of time is on providing, offering and providing what we call supportive measures. So even if someone isn't sure if they want to file a formal complaint, they may just want to come and talk to me about a situation that's going on to get some guidance. Um, and they have the option to file a formal complaint and take it through the formal grievance process, or they may choose not to. But even if they choose not to file a formal complaint, um, there are a lot of supportive measures that we can offer and provide. And some examples might be um, a form of academic accommodation. For example, are they being bothered by someone or have they recently been, been assaulted by someone who is in the same class as they are? If so, we might be able to make a change so that they don't have to stay in the same classroom or the same section of that class with that individual. Or perhaps they no longer, because of something that happened, perhaps they no longer feel safe in their residence hall if they're a resident student. Uh, we might be able to make a housing accommodation. We might uh, enable them to, to be able to move somewhere else on campus so that they feel safer. Um, and there are many, many other types of kind of accommodations and measures that we can put into place. Um, do they need escorts by campus safety? Would that help them feel safer for the time being, you know, as they're walking to and from classes? Or would they like extra patrols around uh, where they park their car, or where they live by campus safety? Again, that 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 issue is a little bit dependent on kind of um, uh, the work workload and kind of what campus safety has going sure. on. But sometimes they've been able to uh, make some extra patrols in certain areas in which people feel less safe for some particular reason. Um, also, I, um, you know, if if it sounds like a crime has been committed against one of our students, I always let them know that they have the option to report it to local law enforcement. 
Um, students may or may not realize that our college straddles two different police jurisdictions. And so we don't expect students to know kind of which jurisdiction to report sure. something to if they wanted to report it. So, you know, we talk about, we, I usually ask them, do they want to report to local law enforcement? And again, that's going to be their choice. But if they do, then I would connect with the director of campus safety and we would put the student in contact with a specific person at the correct jurisdiction. Because what we don't want to have happen, one, is we don't want them to go, you know, just go on their own to one jurisdiction and then that, you know, someone there say, oh, this isn't the right place. You have to go to the other one to report it. What I also don't want to have happen is I don't want a student to have to tell their story to three different people within one police precinct, right? And so our director of campus safety can help figure out, help find, and usually it's a detective uh, within the, the precinct, but um, we'll find out exactly who the correct person is that they can talk to so that they don't have to jump through a lot of hoops or go through a lot of unnecessary steps. So again, students have, have the right to report it to local law enforcement. And just to kind of emphasize that if, if, if a crime has been committed against a student or if they're assaulted or raped, they can report it to local law enforcement. They can report it to the Title IX office. They can report it to both. They also have a right not to report it to either. Um, so there are a lot of options. And again, you know, in my role, it's not about forcing anyone to make a particular option. It's just letting them know what their options are, maybe talking through with them what some of the pros and cons of those options may be, and then letting them decide on their own. Oftentimes, I'll meet with people and give them a lot of information, and then they'll go away. And maybe a week later or a month later, they may come back and say, okay, you know, I think I want to go this route, or I think I want to go that route. So no one is going to be forced to make a decision um, that they don't want to. No one is going to be forced to make a decision right away. You can think about these things. You can talk with other people, get, a, get advice from others as well. Um, and then if someone does decide that they want to make a formal complaint about an incident that's happened to them uh, that falls under Title IX, I would explain what that grievance process is and what steps are involved. I'm not going to go into that today because it, it's a pretty lengthy explanation, sure. but I would explain all of those steps. Um, and um, and then again, you know, give them time to, to make that decision. And if they want to consult with an advisor or a counselor or their loved ones or friends or family members, you know, they have a right to do that. And then if they have more questions, they can come back and, you know, call me or stop back in and, and ask more questions. Um, but that's typically kind of how that first meeting goes, just talking about options, what kind of asking them what kind of support they need. Uh, what else they might need on campus to feel a little bit safer if that's an issue um, and really just kind of assessing what their needs are and then letting them know what the options are for next steps. We are talking with Holly Muriel. She is the Title IX coordinator at your college of Pennsylvania. Uh, Holly, there's some, uh, some changes to Title IX, some new regulations. Can you mm -hmm. kind of cover those and how those might impact people and, and, or what impact those might have? Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, some of the uh, changes, um, you know, students will notice uh, notice them. Others, others maybe not, because some of the changes that they've been enacted are more about kind of the process I go through behind the scenes in terms of record keeping and everything. Um, but um, I don't just think um, one of the big changes, and this isn't specific to students, but it might be interesting for people to know, is that Title IX in the past traditionally did protect um, 
staff and faculty members, um, you know, against sexual misconduct, but now it very explicitly protects um, uh, all employees of uh, colleges and universities as well. Title VII is other legislation that also protects uh, employees, but Title IX now, now officially kind of covers them as well. Um, the other one of the other kind of changes with with the new regulations is that um, the there's a narrowing of what cases fall under Title IX in terms of the formal grievance process. But um, with the new regulations, they also allow for another path so that if a student brings an issue to me and for some reason it doesn't meet the criteria as a Title IX issue, um, the regulations still allow for us to address that issue under our kind of traditional student conduct policies and procedures. So, you know, even if, if someone brings an issue and, and I let them know that it doesn't qualify as Title IX, there are still, we still have other procedures that we would address it under. So I want to reassure people that even though there have been changes, a kind of a narrowing of the definition of, of some of what, what falls under Title IX, um, that there are other ways that we can address issues um, in terms of non-Title IX cases. So, so, ba so basically, you've seen a little narrowing the issues, but mm -hmm. for you, if somebody walks in your office and maybe in the in the old days it was covered by Title IX. Mm -hmm. Now you might say, well, okay, that's something maybe that you need to talk to student conduct about, mm -hmm. or you need to talk to campus right. safety or something like. That. So you're not going to brush it off just because oh, it's not Title IX. Right, exactly. And you know, really, at the end of the day, the the only difference it's going to make is what we call that case, whether we call it a Title IX case or a non-Title IX case. But we're still going to address it because you know the the whole. Uh, purpose behind this legislation in the Title IX office is to um, address any sexual misconduct that's going on, to try to prevent it when possible, to provide education for students. Um, so that that mission, that purpose hasn't changed. It, it's just, it may just be a matter of, of what we call that case, whether we call it a Title IX case or not, but we're still going to address it. Um, one other thing I want to kind of emphasize for everyone listening is that um, the same protections that were in place in the past are still in place in terms of uh, protecting people against retaliation. Oftentimes people are afraid to come forward because they're afraid that they're right. going to be retaliated against, afraid that they're going to experience some sort of retribution or backlash uh, because of you know, making a report or because a witness comes forward and says, hey, I saw this happen. They might be afraid to come forward. Uh, but Title IX in the past and still today protects people against retaliation. It very specifically says in both our Title IX policy or sexual misconduct policy, as well as other parts of our student conduct, code of conduct, that retaliation is prohibited. And it retaliation is in, in and of itself um, a violation of our student code of conduct. Um, so even you know, without any Title IX involvement, it's it's prohibited. So I want to reassure people that um, retaliation is prohibited. And if someone came forward, either as someone who had experienced sexual misconduct or a witness of that, if you reported and then experienced backlash, we would absolutely address that. We would address it swiftly and firmly. We, we do not play around with that kind of stuff. We take that very seriously. So I just want to reassure people that we take that seriously and uh, we will put a stop to it immediately. Because again, you know, the ultimate mission is we want people to come forward if and when these things happen. We want to know about it so that we can address it, so that we can deal with it, and so that we can provide what other supports and whatever 
um, resources are necessary uh, to, to deal with what happened, but also prevent it from happening again. And we'll let you go with one more question. Sure. Um, there's been some added um, people to the uh, uh, to the team that addresses Title IX at the college. Right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and I'm always excited. It's always exciting when you can say, "Hey, we have more people working on this issue." Right. So I just wanted to highlight a few people. We have a new part-time sexual and relationship violence prevention coordinator. Her name is Kayla Bailey. She's wonderful. She's very passionate about these issues. Her office is in Humanities 162, um, and you're welcome to stop by her office at any time. You'll probably start seeing more um, announcements and more events uh, coming coming out from her. And then also we have a new part-time Title IX investigator named Chris Jones, who has fantastic experience. He's very approachable. He's the kind of person that you talk to him for two minutes and you, you automatically feel very safe and comfortable to talk to him. So he's going to be helping us investigate these these issues when we're going through a, taking a case through a formal grievance process. And then finally, another um, uh, new addition is that um, just starting this, this fall, um, we have some YWCA advocates here on the first and third Friday of each month while classes are in session. They're also going to be um, in uh, Kayla's office. Again, that's Humanities 162. And the advocates, their role is to provide I guess the best way to describe it is options counseling. They can talk about what resources are available both here on campus and then also off campus. The YWCA here in New York provides an awful lot of great resources for individuals who are experiencing either sexual violence or domestic or dating violence. And so they have, they're they a great kind of font of, of, of knowledge and information and can provide a lot of guidance and information for people in addition to you know, the other people on our team who are addressing these. So um, I really encourage people, if you have questions, to stop by Humanities 162 on Friday mornings, the first and third Friday of each month, and those advocates will be happy to talk with you. Holly Mareels, who is Title IX Coordinator here at your College of Pennsylvania, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate the opportunity to get the word out about all of these services. Thanks for joining us for WVYC's Perspectives. The program airs weekly on Mondays and Fridays at 9 o'clock. Public Affairs Program is also available as a podcast at wvyc.podbean.com. Jeffrey Schiffman serves as the Executive Director of Perspectives. We hope you join us again for this in-depth look at the York College community.